Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with over 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Helen K. Diamond, writing as Darby Kane. Darby is a former trial attorney and the number one bestseller, international bestseller of domestic suspense. Her first two thrillers, Pretty Little Wife and Replacement Wife, have been optioned for television and featured in numerous venues, including the New York Times Book Review, the Washington Post, the Toronto Star, the New York Post, Pop Sugar, and The Skim. For more information, go to DarbyKane.com. Welcome, Helen Kay. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Oh, it's so fun. And I loved the last invitation. So tell our listeners a little bit about this book. Um, this book is, it is a, um, a group of women, powerful women in the Washington DC area who frankly have had enough and they don't think the traditional justice system works. So they have created a secret one of their own that targets very bad men doing very bad things. Um, and the book really is about kind of what happens when they make that one mistake that threatens everything. Exactly. Well, I love this. First of all, um, the dedication of this book is hilarious. I, it's for every woman who has been ignored, belittled, dismissed, forgotten, overlooked, or abused. This one's for you. I'm like, well, that's, isn't that every woman? You might as well just say for every woman. So of course, you know, this is killer women and we only talk to women. Not that we don't love men. I have to stop saying that. My, my daughter who listens is like, you don't need to say you love men. We know it's fine. But <laughs> But we we uh, we focus here on women, and this book is. I was like, oh my god, don't we need a secret society of women yes. who can take care of those bad men? So tell tell us, Helen, okay, what 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 inspired this book? You know, I have to say, I was just so angry, right? Like there, so many news stories about. Uh, just awful things happening to women or men standing up and saying, like I read one yesterday where a guy was, who I think is in a state legislature was trying to explain why marital rape was fine. And I'm like, you know, uh, (laughs) it's just all of this anger. And I, and you know, this, I was writing at the time that I was thinking of, um, there's a guy, I think his name is Brock Turner, who, you know, gets Stanford, right. The Stanford kid. Right. And it was all about, you know, first of all, she's drunk, so she deserved it, right? Like, clearly that was the conversation. And then, you know, his father would say stuff like, well, you know, I mean, he can't have steak in prison. I'm like, oh, oh my God, the poor thing. Right, plus didn't his dad say something like, oh, well, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a big punishment for 20 minutes of pleasure or fun or whatever. I'm like, dude, it's not 20 minutes for her, you bleep the bleep bleep yes (laughs) I'm like this is so I yeah I I mean I get it so you were you were at a point where you were like I've had enough 
And it just, it felt like it had to go somewhere, right? And I was, before before I started writing, I was, I was a trial attorney for years and I did contested custody cases, which you might imagine is not people at their best. Oh. And so the things that you see and then all of this stuff, I'm like, how can I funnel this in a way, you know? Um, and I loved the idea. One of the characters in this book is a judge. And I loved the idea of even her thinking, she's this very powerful woman, even her thinking, this isn't, this right. isn't working. This isn't a system that recognizes right. like, it, what is happening. And the idea that these women unapologetically, completely unapologetically <laughs> um, are just like, and you're done. You, you, we will vote. You, you can come to a point where you have done enough bad things that we decide. And how do you like it? We decide. We, really, I, I we think we should, have, we should have a vote. I would, I would vote on that part of the line. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to, you know, the nice thing about it too is, you know, it's, it's taken care of another way, right? The women don't, they're not, they're not assassins. They're just, uh, they just, put the Sorry. gavel down and then it's <laughs> exactly. like that somebody else takes care of the wet work if you will well so it's interesting too because there's two prime you know protagonists in the book um jessa and gabby and they were friends and then estranged um both of them you know went to law school that's sort of how they know each other did one of these women sort of emerge first because they're kind of a nice balance to one another and i was just curious well, I love the idea of, right, because we talk all the time, you hear all the time about frenemies, right? And those yes. kind of and I liked the idea of, because, you know, I'm a little bit older. And as you get older, you start to say to yourself, there are people in my life who actually don't support me, I don't think. Like, I feel like they don't make me feel better. And people don't have to make you feel happy all the time. But I don't feel supported. Like, it feels like a totally one-way street. Or yes they're passive aggressive in the way they say things to you. And you're like, was that a compliment? I'm not sure. I'm right. Not sure. Didn't feel like a compliment. Right. So the idea of kind of taking these women who in a lot of ways look the same, right? Like they yeah. both, they both come from backgrounds that weren't, weren't easy. Right. They didn't have a lot of money. They had to work pretty hard um, in law school, but kind of how they get ahead is very different. So the idea of kind of playing with, women who one thought they were greater friends than the other one and right. broken apart and now circumstances throw them together and that was great fun it i'll bet and it's an interesting thing about women too right i mean I, I, there's a there's this quote that's like if um, women could run the world if we could just get along and it's true <laughs> we're actually quite hard on one another yeah. and really strangely because we are often you know victimized or you know dismissed abused um diminished demoralized and yet we also sort of all jump in to do you know to sort of add fodder to the fire for for yeah. those of people that are you know already hard on us it's like it's really interesting. So the the Jessa Gabby dynamic feels very authentic. It's and we do. We all have those friends. We're like, huh? This it doesn't feel so good when we're together. You know, yeah. you're, and I can. You know, it's a it's a wonderful dynamic. And as you said, they both came from difficult upbringings. Um, they had the scrappy women. Um, and but one of them, you know, is maybe a little bit less um, on the sort of right 
you know, moral path, if you will, than, than right. the other. It's a gray area kind of gal. <laughs> yes. And there's a lot, I mean, this, the book is full of gray areas, right? And we're talking about a group of women who choose which men um, get to die, but it's, um, it was such a fun and playful thing. You also mentioned um, in your, I always have this weird habit of reading acknowledgements before I read the book, which is, I don't know, just to figure out sort of, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned it's a pandemic book, right? So how did that sort of change all the way you wrote and also sort of what you were writing about? You know, all three of my thrillers have come out, you know, they come out like, they came out like they come December of each year. So December, 2021, 20, you know, all of these things. And it's like, wow, I seem to be writing in anger all the time. <laughs> What's going on? Um, I, I, wanted a little bit, I, you know, I think we all feel a little claustrophobic, right? It, right. It, you know, it, and it's hysterical because I am a nester, right? Like I could stay in my, if I choose, I could stay in my house for days and, you know, do all my things. But when I'm told I can't leave, it's like, oh. hmm, <laughs> I have to get out and do something. So I wanted to give a little bit of that claustrophobic feel where and you know part of that is this group is super secretive and it has rules and and it's it's like one more th you think it's going to make your life better Jessa thinks it's going to make her life better and in some ways it does um but it also takes your life and puts it in this very tight sphere um right. and the idea of you can't say things you you have to be careful you have to I, you know it's it's really I think we it's relatable pandemic oh, right and I I'm a nester like you and I agree though I mean it was it is really especially since you know all of a sudden there's more people in your home I don't know about you but there were more people in my home than normal and so I'm like wait a minute I like nesting here but I really like to do it by myself so <laughs> why are all you people here too um, but also you do this thing and I, I, I just say, I read your books and I'm, a, I have a little bit of a, like my stomach's like, oh no, because every <laughs> time you think, oh, it's, we're going to lay off this poor character for a little bit. Things can't possibly get worse for her. And then Helen Kay, you like dump another thing. And I'm like, oh my God, this, this, so it isn't the one thing I, I you know, when you read the premise of the book, you think, oh, this is going to be like, you know. It's going to be all like you know the men are going to suffer and it's all you know about but really actually it's it's an interest it's you sort of turn it on its head because in some ways the women suffer i mean they don't you know they're not they're not assassinated for bad behavior right. but they they are they go through as much uh, uh, yeah. as the men do they're you know it's really you do not let up light on these <laughs> ladies at all well, uh, you and I, it, it's when it's a when it's a book about women who you know, make judgments about men and kill men. I'm like, so this could accidentally, which I didn't want it to be, be a book about the men. Yes. And I didn't want it to be about the men. I wanted it to be about the women and the fact that, you know, I was a lawyer, so I should say things are black and white. Things are not black and white, right? right? It's this, it's this, there's this whole gray area and to be able to play in the gray area, especially when we're told all the time, women are nicer than men, right? Like we, like we hear this, stuff. women are nicer. Women wouldn't do this. Women wouldn't do that. Part of this book is to say, oh, uh, I don't think you you should hear what women say when you're not listening exactly you have not pushed a woman to her to her uh cliff yet if you haven't seen her lash out that's right and i think actually that is what's so 
it's so fascinating about women is the sort of gentler, the, you know, the gentler sex is, yeah. you know, it's a crock, right? We're not the gentler, we're, we're way the tougher sex um, and no offense to any, you know, men who listen, but I mean, everything from, you know, childbirth to, you know, to mothering to what goes on inside our bodies freaking yeah. every day, it's, we have to be tougher. And I love that you, you don't make this about the men. You know, yeah. and you don't do that thing, which I also think is can happen where there's no good men in the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was another thing you're like, oh boy, it's it's all it's not a man hating book, yeah. which is so interesting, Helen Kay, because the premise is, you know, these are women who, you know, we're gonna out, take down some really some men we're all we would all hate very much. So um, but they have there's some really good men in the book, which is which is yeah. also really fun. And um, I agree. I think we, you know, this in this day and age, and our Supreme Court, and you know, our right to—I mean, that, actually, speaking of the Supreme Court, the idea that a judge is objective is kind yeah. of a farce, right? They're not. They're not. Right. Nobody can really be objective because you only know your own sort of perspective. Um, but, you know, particularly what we're looking at now. Yeah. It's a, exactly. It's just. Well, and, a, and you think about it, you know, you think about the, the, the women on the Supreme Court, just from like what you read about the, how they question and stuff, what they must think as some of these decisions come down. You know, I mean, they vote how they, they vote, they vote against it or whatever, but to sit and go home and be like, I couldn't stop it, right? right? You know, like the train is rolling and I can't figure out how to derail it. I right. can't make... I'm, I'm a smart person. I can't make the argument that makes you understand this. I can't imagine how frustrating it is. And I, that's what the judge read it in this, in this, I was trying to kind of funnel that yeah. her where she just, she's, she's achieved all these amazing things and she's kind of at the top of her game, well-known, all of those things. And she can't stop the train. Like she couldn't you know, her backstory, she couldn't save the person she needed to save. So she said, enough. Enough. I can see how that would happen. Yeah. And imagine being a Supreme Court justice and, and one of the people that you can't convince is another woman. That would, that that would just drive me. Blow me away. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Um, So there's also this, you know, there's also this, um, another sort of really authentic thing about the book, I think is, is this sort of the, po- the power of money and where money gets you. And you said, you know, you brought up Brock Turner, who's a great example, you know, the sort of the idea that these men can throw money at a problem, I mean, at a, you know, or at a crime and right. make it go away, which is yeah. something we see so, and not just men, women do it too. I mean, wealth is power. Yeah. No question. Well, see, and that's, uh, you know, so you're, so I'm, so I'm an attorney, right? And I'm doing these contested custody cases and the things people would say to you, I was in justice position where I would be appointed by the court to represent like a kid in their parents' absolutely terrible divorce, right? So our, our firm would do that sometimes. So I, and they would say things to you and I'm like, I, that's, sounded so much like a bribe like like are you kidding but you know there is a personality type that that is their go-to move their go-to mm-hmm. move is but I can buy this and I can buy that and I can make your life easier and I can do all this and you're like you just don't have an off switch do you you don't have 
and understanding that there might be a situation where that doesn't work. But the reality is there are very few situations where that doesn't work. Exactly. Exactly. And I imagine you have seen, I mean, like you said, I mean, so how, what a difficult job. You did this for how many years? I did it for 12 years. Oh my God. Yeah. So hard. It was like people fighting over, I mean, the, custody stuff was terrible right, right and and right. i'm like you're, you're really gonna fight about two hours on thanksgiving this is this is the thing that you think is good for your kids okay you know you you would have those but they would fight about everything curtains pens whatever and one of the things like gabby is really kind of she's divorced of course and and one of the things is for her to have gone through that nonsense right. and still be trying you know, she's not in, she's in an economic position where her husband had way more money. So right. she's in a position where he wants to send the kid to boarding school. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. And at the beginning of the book, she's in a position where she's kind of like had to concede all of that. Like right. she, she's on the wrong side of this. And then she's put in this situation, you know, I mean, it's not a surprise. It happens very quickly. Her husband, her ex-husband, she walks in and he's dead. So the question is, did he kill himself? And everybody's like, clearly he killed himself. And she's like, this asshole did not kill Right, him. right. That's, and that's so interesting. It's like, and then she kind of gets in trouble for, for being the one to say, I don't think he killed himself. And it is so interesting because there's like, there's this part, of, there's, there's plenty of people who think to get Gabby, just, just take the suicide yeah, and run, run, right? Just run. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's so, it is so, so interesting. And I think you do a beautiful job of those, of showing us a little slice into that. And I, I also appreciated that while we get a taste of what it's like to go through those custody battles, you don't drag us through it because no. that is, that had to have been impossible. And, you know, I, we've seen, I, you know, we've seen friends, of course, go through divorce and this, this stuff, the kids in the middle is just brutal it's just brutal. brutal and I you know I I always debate I'm like do I really want to write about lawyer I'm married to a lawyer <laughs> so I'm like do I really want to write about lawyers or <coughs> the law you know and how like how much of it is just minutiae and boring and all of those kind of things and I'm like I really don't but if there's a way that I thought this was kind of a way that I could bring it in yeah. without clobbering you with let me put you in the middle of Kramer versus Kramer or something like that right Uh, yeah well but and it's interesting because I mean it's a way to I mean these are moments and this is why I think writing thrillers is so fun is these are the moments that test you who you are this is and you what you do here is you test these characters all of them who are you really at your core when you are pushed to the ultimate sort of like backed against the wall And yes. the truth of it is that none of us is all that great, exactly. right? When we're put, when we're put against the wall. Well, what is isn't the quote something like character isn't about what you do when it's easy; it's about what you do when it's hard, right? And and so I, the idea of setting up a book where almost every question was hard, so yeah. that these women were tested and they make. <clears throat> I love writing about kind of flawed, realistic women who make yeah. bad decisions, right? Like people say all the time, well, she made a bad decision. I'm like, could you tell me how you got through your life without making a bad decision? I mean, yeah. that, that's what people do. We, right. you know, we, we self-interest, whatever it is, we lash out, whatever it is that puts us on the wrong side of something. So 
in a thriller to be able to do that. And what it does is not just, oh, your friends are angry, your family's angry. It's you are now in physical danger right. because of this very human decision you made. Right. Um, it's fun to play with. It's so fun to play with. And it's so, I mean, and I think the other thing that, that the thriller genre gives us is that the, the questions aren't like, well, am I going to, you know, go and sneak a cigarette? It's very, these are very serious, <laughs> you know, this is like, this is life or death. And yeah. really, if, you're, if there's any, any time when you're going to make a split second decision that very well could be a bad one, it's in these moments with these stakes, which I think is so fun. So you write um, a whole, but, you know, sort of different types of books under, Hel under your, your real name, Helen K. Yeah. Diamond. Tell me about that, because these are your first three thrillers. So yeah. how long have you been writing those books and, and what brought you to the thriller world? I, first of all, I grew up always reading mystery, thriller, suspense, yeah. right? Like my mom read them. So those were the books. And it, it was a household where if you wanted a book, neither one of my parents were going to say, no, you were going to get like, they would buy you a book, you know, a car. No, a book. Right, right, right. Um, and my mom was an avid reader. So I grew up seeing somebody read, seeing somebody do what I do, which is collect books as, yes. as read them um, and have favorite authors and those kind of things. And there are entire parts of my life that I can pinpoint to, I can tell you, I can't, I can barely tell you my nephew's name, but I can tell you what book I was reading at that point. Like right. which one, when I studied for the bar, which one, when I had my wisdom teeth out, I know which books I was reading. Yeah. So I had always loved thrillers. I had never read under Helen K. Diamond. Um, I have since 2007 actually written romance, mostly romantic suspense, some okay. contemporary romance, but mostly romantic suspense. And I had never read romance until I was, I don't know, maybe 30, but I was doing these contested custody cases and a woman in my office gave me three romances. And she said, look, the promise of the romance genre yeah is that it'll have a happy ending. So things will explode, people will do terrible things, whatever, but it's gonna have a happy ending. And what you do for a living, there is no happy ending, right? right. So I read them and I fell in love with them. Right. And um, I, I just loved it. So I started writing kind of as a hobby, just yeah. clear my head. Um, and there's a romance author, her name is Lori Foster. She used to run this, contest off her website a long long time ago uh, where you would write the three page three pages and she would send her favorite three pages she would pick the finalists and those finalists she would give to her editor and so I'm like what can it hurt I'll send in three pages so I send in three pages I'm picked as a finalist congratulations her, like like Sylvia Day like number one international year right person is also picked um so what basically ends up happening is my stuff goes immediately to an author, her name, um, to an editor, her name is Kate Duffy at Kensington Publishing. Sure. And she called and she's like, let's talk about your writing. So what, what this never happens, right? Like your mouth is like, what? No, it never. never happens. So what ends up happening is I get immediate feedback from somebody who has the power to buy books who tells me that she sees talent, tells me what she thinks I need to work on and says, now I want you to put this away. Like, this is what you need to hear sometimes. Put this away, this isn't gonna sell. Come up with a new idea, send it to me. 
And the third idea that I sent, and it was ended up, I think it was a novella. She asked me to write a novella. I sent to her, she's like, that one I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy. And before that, she had said to me, she called me once and she said, I'm going to be your editor one day, just not today. And let me oh, talk about But yeah. it was like, it was like this almost, you know, it, it's almost like a mentorship with an Yes. And so it was from the time she read the first to the time she called me to say I'm buying was 18 months, which in publishing world is like a second and a half, right? Exactly. Um, so I was incredibly lucky to be right place, right time, right editor, because yeah. you know how this works, right? There are a thousand editors and only two of them like are like, wait, I see it. I see yes, it. Yes. Right. It's so subjective, right? It's so exactly. Subjective. So subjective. Um, so I started writing romance and I just, I'm writing romance and I start shooting people. Cause I'm like, I'm like, this is what I love. I love right. the kind of danger aspect. And, um, so I wrote romantic suspense for years, loved it. I love the mix. Romantic suspense is actually really hard to write because mm -hmm. the mix of something dangerous is happening but I'm supposed to make these people fall in love in a genuine way. Like who is like, I know there's a serial killer, but let's kiss, right? Like, that's, <laughs> like come on now, come on now. Right. right. Very, very realistic. Very realistic. <laughs> I, I jokingly call this stop, drop and roll, right? Like where it's like, okay, stop. We're going to have sex and go again. You know, I'm like, this can't happen. Like, how do you create this thing? Um, and I loved it and I still love it. And I love reading romantic suspense, but I really wanted to try a thriller. And yeah. I was again, incredibly lucky. I, my editor at Harper Collins, her name is Mae Chen. I said to her, like I was in New York and I say to her, you know, I'd just like to write a thriller. Like nobody has to kiss. Nobody has to, I don't want a happy ending. I want to be able to write what I want. And she's like, send me an idea. Like, we'll, we'll give it a shot. So I sent her two ideas and one of them ends up being Pretty Little Wife, my first thriller. Mm -hmm. And I remember her saying there's, it had changed a lot. She's like, there's something here. You don't quite have it yet. I think you got like, we're going to give you 18 months. I think is what she said. Wow. This out because, because it's not quite right, but mm -hmm. I think there is something. And again, lucky, you just have that, that person because that's not how publishing works. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's just fine. stop. Let's just stop <laughs> for a moment and talk about this because I mean, obviously we know hundreds of authors, talented, amazing people. I think you're the first person I've ever heard who was like, oh yeah, so this editor just said, keep sending me ideas and someday I'll be your editor. I that know. never know. happens. It never happens. And it's, it, it is it completely a luck thing. And I am very cognizant of the fact that it's luck because yes. I am very, I used to get so angry. I would go to a conference and somebody up there, some author would be speaking and they're like, all you have to do is write a great book. And I'm like, that is a lie. I mean, that's when I'm on a, when I'm on a panel, I'm like, let me tell you aspiring writers, that is a lie. That is not true because we've all, we all know authors or great books where we're like, why didn't, why, why is right. 
talking about this? Why right. is nobody getting this? Right. And then we all have read stuff where we're like, huh, four weeks on the New York Times, right? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> su it's such a perfect storm of things, you know, but, you know, but the, the, the long and the short is whether it's a, you know, a book we didn't love or, or a book we did love, I, there's a lot of hard work. So it's not Absolutely. like you just, it's not like you just like, you got it. You just flip something off. You obviously it's button chair, it's hours, yeah. it's, it's yeah. critique partners and reworking, reworking. So we're not giving, it's not a freebie you got, but it is an incredible gift that you had somebody who incredible. was willing to do that. And I think that was a different day in publishing. I felt like I had a lot more handholding uh in my early publishing days because my first book came out in 2000 which is yeah. a million years ago now in publishing um but it's different it's a different totally world different. now totally different and it's you know the thrillers I got lucky because I had been at this publisher so they knew things like she can finish a book yeah she'll turn it in uh, yeah pretty much on time <laughs> she'll just she'll yeah. do she'll do what she needs to do. And when we ask her to do stuff, she'll do it. So it really felt like with the first thrill of my, 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 uh, my agent and I joke about this. It really felt like they were kind of like, okay, like we don't know. And I'm like, right. nobody gets that. Like that is, I was, mm -mm. that was a faith that my editor had from years of working together. And I, I, that is, you can't buy that. That's but that's so smart. Like from an edit, from a perspective of the publisher, it's so smart because you are a performing author. Is like you said, you you you're a professional. You get your work done. You you know revise to the notes or whatever, and and you want to grow in a different direction. And if they're smart, which clearly May Chen is smart, <laughs> she's like I you know I want you to grow too, so we yeah. can grow together. And and it's a win win. But it is a the 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 industry does not. Um, not the norm. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm -mm. Although um, I love seeing yeah. a lot of authors right now, right? That you see that are trying two different genres. Like I'm seeing a lot of folks who are writing romance and are writing thrillers and I love it. I, I know. I love that there's like, there are these, these genres that I love and they're, they have the ability to try it. Cause for a long time you were told you get one. Yes, you have to build yes. That, and that's all. Yes, do. and I was told in my early books that I, I, I wasn't. They wanted me to write romantic suspense, and I, like you, I did. I actually never could do it. Uh, I never got to the stop, drop, it's and roll, which hard. I love. It's so hard because I was like, I'm much more interested in the, you know, in this, in the psychology of the killers and in the, in the police procedural stuff. So I was a failed. Uh, I was a failure at, at romantic suspense, and you know, for whatever that was worth, I guess that worked out great for you, though. <laughs> well, it worked. It eventually, it worked out okay, but yeah, I don't know. I would have maybe been smart to try it, but it, it did not work for me. And so, how many Helen K. Diamond books are there? There are a lot. There are. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot because I I wrote both single titles for Harper Collins, but I also wrote um, for Harlequin um, Intrigue, which is. Um, you know, it's like 50,000 words. So on top of everything else, you, now you have a romance, now you have a full, full kind of suspense and an intrigue. It's a thriller and you have 51,000 words to do it. And you cannot go over that. Like that is what you have. Um, it was an gr absolutely great experience to kind of what, what is this plot? What can fit in a book this size? Right. How do I, you know, how do I keep it? So it was great. So I have I have a lot of those and that's, I mean, probably all together, 
40. Oh my God, that's insane. That's yeah. right. So, but now you are just, just thrillers. I actually wrote, so back when I gave those two ideas to Mei Chen, so I give her Pretty Little Wife and I give her kind of more of a heisty, rompy family of con artists kind of book. Fine. And she's, she's like, I like them both, but I think Pretty Little Wife is the right answer. So I'm doing this. I write one book a year as a thriller and I can't kind of forget about this con artist family. So I go to her, I don't know, a year and a half ago. And I said, what, what about me writing under Helen Kay? Cause there will be a little, there'll be a little bit of romance in it. So there'll be some happy ending in it, but not a dark thriller, not like something way more rompy and fun. And she's like, let's try it under Helen Kay. So I have, yeah. So I have in uh, April, uh, there's a book, it's called Morewood Family Rules. And it, it lit, this is literally the idea. If you saw the movie Ocean's Eight with Sandra Bullock, yes. Yes. I thought, what happened if Sandra Bullock, instead of going and robbing the Met, went home to her out of control family of car artists and tried to make them go straight? That's what that book is. So fun. So fun. And so fun. I love that. Well, and then actually, it was, it's funny that Sandra Bullock is a perfect person to think about in that um, in that role, right? I was thinking about Were the Millers. Did you ever yeah. watch that one? Yeah. Sort of the same, right? They're not exactly a family, at least not at the beginning. But um, but anyway, that is that is really fun. So okay, so you get to so are you? But this is oh, maybe a one-off. There's another Darby Kane coming. There are, there is, there's, so Last Invitation comes out in December, and right now I'm writing the book that'll come out in December of, oh my gosh, what year are we in? 2023. Gosh, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, next year. Yes, yes. December. And then um, I have a contract for for two, so the first Morewood comes out in April, and keep in mind, like, a huge portion, like, as I'm writing the thrillers, you know, I had, my original book was like a one book deal. So you kind of have to, you write it and then you have to wait and see, like, does right. it do any good? So in the meantime, I'm playing with the Morewood. So I had had this book for a long time. Mm -hmm. So this one is coming out in April and then um, I'll have one that'll come out April the year after. And I have no idea what that book is because I'm. <laughs> so this isn't, so the more, it's not a, it's not a series. Well, I didn't think it was going to be a series, but now I'm wondering if the second book will be a Morewood family book. And you would think I would know that, but I am so deep in this thriller and you know how it is. I'm at the point where um, it's like the halfway point and I'm like, this book has turned into chaos, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right. I'm, I'm like, I'm at the point I'm like, oh. I think, have I lost the thread? Have I, have I just <laughs> gone way off the brain? So yes. <laughs> so speaking of which, I, I'm always, it's always fun to ask authors to talk about process. So um, I'm taking it, you're maybe not a strict outliner. What, how do you do it? I, I'm not, although I, you know, it's interesting because I write the thrillers different from how I wrote the romantic suspense. Romantic suspense, I was really like, you know, the the pantser, like off, yeah. like I, I didn't plan. I don't do that with the thrillers. I actually spend 
a lot of time before I start writing. In fact, I have my, you can't see it. There's a whiteboard right over there, uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, which is why I have you turn. Um, and I don't sp- give anything away. Yeah, don't, don't, right. And I spend a lot of time kind of playing on the whiteboard with like, who are these people? What, like, what, what do I know? What does the reader know? <laughs> what do these poor people I have in chaos know? Like, what, how am I going to put these pieces together? And a lot of time, um, who delivers the story? I, nobody ever talks about this, but I, I spend a weird amount of time. Who is like, how am I going to tell this story? Like, who is the point of view? Who are the point of view people? Because it matters so much in the secrets, right? And right. The and so I have to spend some time being like, okay, who, who should be giving right. this story? And who doesn't know the secret, exactly. right? And oftentimes you're like, because if the point of view character knows the secret and, and, and it's top should be top of mind and they don't mention it then you think huh but um but right so you have to choose somebody who and the wonderful thing too is that you get somebody whose perspective can be way off right they can see something and it means something totally different to them than it would uh if we were watching it ourselves or if it came from a different character which is super fun well and i always worry about the Every once in a while, you'll read a book where the point of view character has this big secret and the big secret, they haven't really even hinted at it, but the big secret is it's like on page 289. And I'm like, for 289 pages, you didn't remember that you killed your own grandmother like that. Really? Right, right. Exactly. You know, so it's like, how do I authentically put it down where people would be thinking about the thing that they can't talk about, but they wouldn't be actually giving it fully away. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, so I do a lot with the whiteboard and then I usually, I almost always know what the beginning looks like. Like mm-hmm. this is what the beginning looks like. And then I just have to let myself start writing because I could spend 400 years planning if I let myself. Mm-hmm. So I start writing and I keep notebooks next to me where I'm writing down notes and I'm, 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 moving stuff around and, and rethinking it. And I get to a point and I revise every day, like to try to put the book in my head and to kind Interesting. Yeah. And then I hit a point where I'm like, this is what the next 10 chapters like need to look like. So my, uh, like the screen I'll be writing, but I will have like, like chapter, and then there'll be like two sentences and chapter Mm -hmm. and two sentences. So I know where the plot is going to go. I never sit down to a blank, like a blank page. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, never. I can't because then I then I get stuck. So when I end the day writing, I know that the next day there will be like the scene will have at least two sentences. A lot of times it'll have the dialogue. Like I'll just write out what's there because it's in your head and it's almost happen to you so I write it down no dialogue tags no directions no anything I just let myself write it so when I sit down I have you know I revise what I wrote and now I'm looking at like a whole bunch of dialogue where yesterday I thought it was brilliant and now I have to right (laughs) you know right Right. (laughs) But it actually is so smart and I think when I'm when I'm on my game I do the same it's kind of like you think because at the end of a writing day is even though you're exhausted, of course, because it's, it's a weirdly exhausting process it to is. write. It is. 
all the only thing really moving are our fingers, but it's exhausting. Um, but I, I do find myself like it's, you're, you're weirdly relaxed, you're in a zone. And if you do sort of click to the next chapter and just say, this is this, I oftentimes weirdly write it in, in present tense where my books are almost always past tense, but I'm just saying this happens and this happens and this happens. And then yes, if you get a bit of dialogue, um, all the more brilliant because it's, it's really nice. It's like you're primed then when you get there the next day, you're not yeah. dealing with the blank page. Well, and that's how I actually write every, like I start with pure dialogue oh, and interesting. I write the dialogue and then I try to add the layers and who's talking, what's moving around, what else do I need to have happening? What are the thoughts, et cetera. But yeah, I always start with a, with a, kind of a dialogue looking like you know like two pages of dialogue which turns into five page chapter type of thing yeah because you hear you must hear those voices yeah. really clearly in your head yeah. which is so so that is really interesting and maybe because oftentimes you know thriller readers are so sharp right they're so good at picking yeah. up I mean they're, it's kind of amazing so I think sometimes probably the whiteboard and all that helps you to really sort of I mean one of the games is the cat and mouse thing right it's it's yes. the cat and mouse between you know between the characters, but you're also trying to outsmart the reader, at least until um, you get really close to the reveal, right? It's exactly. sort of the, the the goal. I love it. Um, well, I mean, so that's so fascinating. So you have two books a year for the next two years. Yeah. Um, do you, no title for this, do you have a title for the upcoming thriller? Um, I think I've been writing it and calling it The Engagement Party. My, 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 uh, editor asked the other day for sample you know titles you know she's got to start doing it they, they right. go so early you know in their in Sorry. their pitch sessions and she likes it you know normally I have the title and she's like no yes. <laughs> it's so true I feel like the titles are the thing I always have to lose and actually I sometimes weirdly think titles are impossible they're they are. so hard Sometimes you just can't, or you have the perfect title. I can't remember uh, the second book I had, I had the perfect title and I was like, Lisa Jewell took it. Yes, right. <laughs> you know, you know? <laughs> yeah, and since she's sort of a big deal, you're like, I guess I cannot use it. Dang it. Well, I love that. And I, I mean, um, I think this, it's nice. It has a good cadence with your other titles too, which I think is there's all this, like they've done a really good job. Your books, like there's a definite Darby Kane look which yeah. I think is really fa fabulous because it just helps us be like, oh, I know this one. You know, she wrote, um, you know, she wrote The Pretty Little Wife, um, which, yes, that was your first thriller. That was my first thriller. Definitely Ever. not a happy ending on that one. <laughs> Definitely not a happy ending. <laughs> I, I love, I, you know, and I love when people like talk about that book because it's like, I'm like, I, I know she's an unlikable protagonist. I, I understand that. Trust me. I did not write that book thinking that you would be like, she is so relatable. Oh, right. If right. you think she's relatable, I'm going to be like, we should, we should have a different conversation because right. that's not We good. should take you in, and to a very soft padded room and lock yes. the door. Um, because I love writing about kind of, people who haven't processed their trauma, yeah, I, you know, cause all of these terrible things happen to us, you know, and we deal with it however we deal with it. But in a thriller, you get to have them kind of not deal with it. Right. And then how that manifests in the decisions they otherwise 
you know, intelligent functioning people would make is, is, is a lot of fun. And I really just wanted to write Lila in that book. I just wanted to write somebody who um, just kind of in a way is just like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Done with all of you. I am not, I'm not going to jump through whatever hoops you want me to jump through. He had one thing he wasn't allowed to do. And that's the one thing he did. And that's it. I'm done. He dies. Yes. That, I mean, that's it is. That's in the book. That, that is not a surprise. Yeah, it's true. And it's funny that you say she's not an, a likable character because that's also true. But, you know, it didn't stop me from loving the book, which I think is huh. uh, because I think pretty early on, I was like, huh, like some of her decisions, you're just like, this is, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to like her, but that's okay because, you know, I actually think there's something also sort of like genuine and, you know, real about her too, right? Like you said, the trauma uh, that sort of broke her from reality, it's, it's, uh, it's very clear. Anyway, that's a really fun book. So anyway, I was just saying, I love the way that they make your books look, you know, you, you know, so I can't wait to see um, the engagement parties. Um, That's so exciting. So, okay. Well, so now, um, Helen Kay, tell um, our listeners where to find you, Instagram, Facebook, your website, all that good stuff. So um, all of that is a triumph at how terrible I am at marketing. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Because you say to yourself, well, if she's Helen K. Diamond on um, Twitter, clearly she's Helen K. Diamond on, on, you know, Instagram. No, uh, no, I think I'm HK Diamond on, uh, so I'm, I apologize. But if you go to um, darbycane.com or helenkdiamond.com, it'll, it'll take you to all of the social media. And my website, I try to put kind of everything up there from pre-ordering to excerpts to, you know, whatever you might want to look at before you decide. Yes. Fabulous. Well, I think darbycane.com is, is, um, is the place to go. Helen K. If you're looking for Helen K. Diamond, it's Helen H-E-L-E-N-K-A-Y and it's D-I-M-O-N. So don't try to spell that like the shiny stone because you won't, (laughs) you won't find yourself in the right place. So can you give us a tiny taste, just a little teaser about the engagement party or is it too soon? No, it's not too soon. This is, I, have always loved and then there were none and I know what you did last summer and this is my chance to write kind of that take people who know each other who have a horrible thing that happened in their past they went to college together trap them together on an island off of the coast of Maine and boom. so it's, I love that. I that is so that is so fun and and of course make it something really festive, not a funeral, an engagement party because that's where party. I mean that's when somebody oh, to die. <laughs> exactly. Well, that is that is your brand, lady. Your that is your brand. Take, Worst party ever. <laughs> take these poor people and torture them a little bit more, and you will be in a Darby Kane book. Well, this was super fun. I I love I love your books it was so this is the first time we've ever met we'll we'll get a chance to be do you ever go to the conferences thriller fest or I haven't but next year I am going to go to thriller fest because I just I was so just envious looking at everybody's pictures and just I have to go because I want to go so fun and you know and you know how it is like when you're an author you're also like an avid reader reader fangirl right so the idea to be able to sit in a room and be like (laughs) like Yes. 
That's, oh, it's a hundred percent why I'm there. I'm like, oh my God, all my favorite people are here. This is exactly. so fun. And you get to have like a real conversation with people that, whose books you love and you get to talk about their characters like they're people that you both know. It's really, it's really, really fun. I, I love it. Well, that, I'm glad to hear that. So I will see you um, yes. next live. <laughs> IRL, as my kids say, they would hate that I just did that. But anyway, um, so I want to thank you so much for joining us. This has been Darby Kane. Her book, The Last Invitation, is out uh, December 6th. Did I get that right? December 6th. And it is, it's a Darby Kane. It's a don't put it down. Don't plan on going night-night until you get to the very end. Thank you so much for joining us today, Helen Kay. And Thanks. we will look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much.